0: Why waste, waste time? But it doesn't make any sense. Discovery Houston, press to ATR. ATR. Three, two, one. Well, hello, friends.
1: Hello, my love.
0: Hello, Quinn. How are you doing today?
1: Doing just dandy today.
0: I am excited for another interesting topic. This one I'm trying to digest exactly how I feel about it because yeah. I do think that there's a lot of debate and debacle about the term clickbait.
1: Yeah, so today we're talking about clickbait, what it is, why it exists, and how extremely ubiquitous it is used throughout the internet, the World web, Web, and, yeah. and why that is. I mean, I think that there's a pretty logical reason as to why clickbait is used mm-hmm. predominantly all over social media and online.
0: Yeah. Furthermore, we'll also discuss how we feel about it as we're trying to digest it because there's a lot that goes into it. So what is clickbait? Why don't you just explain it briefly?
1: Yeah. Well, I actually have a definition pulled up if you want me to read it. Um, Go for it. Clickbait. I think everyone knows what clickbait is, but here it is for all 'all. y'all. Clickbait is a text or a thumbnail link that is designed to attract attention and to entice users to follow that link and read, view, or listen to the linked piece of content with a defining characteristic of being deceptive, typically sensationalized, or misleading.
0: Hmm. See, at the beginning of the definition, I actually thought that it wasn't that bad of a thing. Right. You know, it's just trying to get someone to click on it. Yeah. And that's fine. I understand that.
1: Grab their attention, right? Get them in in there.
0: But when, when you get to the end of that definition, and you're starting to use words like deception... I'm starting to think like that that's my vibe when I see see or hear about people using clickbait and I feel that frustration when I click on something because it's got some appealing title or thumbnail and then I end up with the result of disappointment and it has so many views and it was all simply based on people thinking it was something that it's not
1: yes exactly and that and and if one finds that they've clicked on something that was very misleading and it obviously went viral. One can maybe assume or, or not, but I usually assume, well, that's probably what a lot of people did. And mm-hmm. I, I know that there have definitely been um, various different profiles, whether they're on YouTube or other platforms where I really liked the creator and mm-hmm. it, all it took was one video. Yeah. That where I I clicked on it, I watched it and I was like, god, that was so disappointing that you did that. Why? Yeah. You know, and it's and and to me that really kind of comes down to the authenticity of one. Hmm. And and I know the reason why creators do this, right? And or writers or new media organizations like Yeah. I feel like the news is probably like the worst culprit of all mm-hmm. like sensationalism when it comes participants. when it comes to sensationalism sensationalizing the news it's definitely like they got that down to an art now i think mm-hmm. to kind of entice like just basically not only entice people but make them feel like emotionally compelled to watch or to click
0: yeah in and, a weird way like news if it's like on tv it's like clicking to turn the volume up right exactly you know, the title underneath the news and saying something crazy and you're like what the heck let me turn this up yeah that's exactly. the click versus the click online is clicking the link to watch the video.
1: Yeah, exactly. And, and we've seen this really become super pervasive across social media. I think Facebook was called out a lot, you know, a few years ago, um, really based on a lot of people were able to kind of use their Mm loopholes in the algorithm to basically use clickbait and then actually lead to misleading information. Um, and you, I hear this a lot with people too. And they say, Oh yeah, I read that article. It was about this. And you look at them, you're like, well, you obviously didn't read it because that was clickbait. I think that you just read the title or the tweet or whatever that mm. came out with it, right? And so there's a lot of, um, I don't know, just just from both the creators and the consumer standpoint, I think that the thing that's wrong with clickbait is the inauthenticity, but I understand wanting to stand out above the rest. And I think that's kind of what clickbait originally was. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe it wasn't called clickbait until it became more of a negative thing, hmm. but... I understand it's super hard to stand out above the rest in the, you know, online in the the internet world because there's so much noise out there and there's really, it's hard to capture someone's attention. I mean, think about why is Google a multi-billion dollar company? It's basically they're able to provide data, gather data and fingerprint your data to be able to actually sell that, turn around and sell that to almost guarantee to certain people, advertisers and companies that, they will actually capture your attention, mm-hmm.
0: right? If it's targeted right and Google's the best at that.
1: Exactly. And you even see this with platforms like TikTok, right? What is what is one of the number one um, measures that they have in terms of what goes viral and what doesn't? Well, it's watch time. It's attention time. Mm-hmm. How much time did someone actually wait until the end? And so when you start actually setting up platforms and algorithms to incentivize people to... I mean, if the goal is for people to actually watch it all the way through, mm-hmm. then clickbait kind of changes and evolves, and we can talk about that too in terms of like TikTok when they say like certain things, like wait until the end, right. and you wait till the end, you're like that.
0: <laughs> that was
1: su- that was silly.
0: You yeah, know? so let's talk about uh, let's start it off because you're alluding to it a little bit with the short term and long term effects of clickbait and the relationship between the viewer and the creator. So in the short term. It, it does prove to be very effective in getting someone to click on it, and it gets your views up. It could it could potentially get your, your likes or dislikes, your engagement up, and it should get you quite a few comments. But it also comes with a few long-term effects, and I think that if it's too much uh, deception going on, it affects the trust of the viewer to want to watch the next video. Yeah. If they see that the last one was dis- ended with disappointment, then what's the likelihood that they're going to click the next one yeah. with that degree of expectation? And th- that's what I want to kind of get into because I'm curious. Do you think that the viewers actually like hold on to that grudge? Or do you think that it was the grudge was there next week? Who cares? They'll click on it again. I mean, how I, I do believe that at a certain point in time, if it's happening over and over yeah. and over again, you'll eventually say, This is not what I came here for. Right. But if it happens just once every five or ten times, then is that a good equation to, like, give you the extra boost that you're looking for? And then people forget about it, and then you do it again, and these boosts kind of lift the whole level up Mm. of how many views the creator gets over time you know what's the equation with it
1: no that's a good that's i think it's a really good question i do think consistency has a lot to do with it so if it's video after video is clickbait and and like the thumbnail of the video is so obviously supercharged with emotion like fear 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 watch out this is crashing is this a scam or whatever and you watch it and you're like that has like that thumbnail and that title actually has nothing to do with what this what this video is about right Mm -hmm. um i think that if that happens over and over again you're probably not going to, you might get new viewers, but I think that the retention of subscribers is pretty low. Now in terms of if you do it every once in a while, I mean, okay. But I think that there's a trade-off. You have to be really careful. Like what are you willing to trade You so, know, for your reputation in terms of like, is this clickbait? If it's kind of a funny clickbait, okay. Maybe based on what you're, you know, your viewership is and what they're interested in and whatnot. But I think when it's informational and you really literally get absolutely nothing out of that, to me at least, maybe I'll forget, but I I also will probably seek out someone else who doesn't do that. Mm, Interesting. Um, But I do think that there's also a part of the equation where it's like, what if you use clickbait in a way where you're like designing like the thumbnail, for example, Okay. Um, in a way that is clickbaity, and you, there are like it has to do with color theory, it has to do with design, it has to do with emotions and stuff like that. Using bright colors like red and and complementary colors so that it really stands out, or using someone's face where it's like they're shocked, like mm-hmm. oh my gosh, like you gotta watch this, you know? <laughs> um, and and th- and having that, but then also the video still being aligned with that, where it's like oh good, I'm glad I clicked on it, right? So there's mm-hmm. almost like you could, in a way with clickbait, sensationalize it for people to click on it, and mm-hmm. as long as the content's still good then it's all good.
0: Okay, so th- this is where it, you're guiding me right to the, like the core of the question that I have, which is is there such a thing as good clickbait and bad clickbait? Because what you're what you're what I'm hearing right now is that sometimes it's it's okay to have these kind of things that click you into it, but I'm wondering if there's no deception, then is it defined as clickbait mm. or is deception something that needs to be a part of it regardless? And if it if there is such a thing as good and bad clickbait, then where is that line of like, yeah. oh, well, tricked ya versus kind of tricked you. Like because there's some clickbait people that are like, sorry, I got you with clickbait. OK, so you just admitted that it was clickbait. But now. I'm watching this video, and I feel like, okay, well, at least they were honest about yeah. it. But at the same time, it's like, dude, I clicked on it. It worked. Like, I feel like I was caught like a fish, and he got yeah. me.
1: Yeah, it's annoying. I think it's annoying regardless. But I do think that you a clickbait could be positive in a way that I think— So if because you're trying to basically play to this algorithm, right? You're trying to get people to actually click on it. It's one thing you're like scrolling through everything and you don't really care. You're not engaging with it. You're not doing anything with it or with whatever you're seeing, but like what actually gets you to click on something, right? Right. That's something that marketers, advertisement, like companies have been trying to figure out for years and years. There's a lot of, a lot of research. And this is a lot of what I looked into in terms of consumer behavior Mm -hmm. when it comes to like online interaction. And I do think that what clickbait can do in a positive sense is really make the creator think through what would be the best question to actually pull someone in. Right. So for example, like what's the title of the video, if you're, if you're saying, Oh, just another sunny day in Florida. Okay. Well, that does, that's not really compelling. Right. But if you, if you said something like, oh my gosh, the most beautiful 24 hours of my life. I can't believe this to, this happened. <laughs> or <laughs> okay, I don't that know. Was good, that was a good example, actually. Like when it comes to that moment where you're just about to publish what you just created, right. you want to be able to, you're thinking about how do I actually get someone in? Mm-hmm. And there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, But I think that when it comes to, how deceptive are you willing to be? That's where you get into that weird gray area, right? right? And, and how do you
0: figure out where the gray area is good and when it's bad? Because you're saying that it it can be good, as, because you, everyone's fighting for attention. That's the truth. True. But at the same time, too much of it it could be bad. So where's that line? Because I do think it is a very thin line. I don't I know agree. where it's located, but I think it's a thin line that if you cross over, you lost my respect.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think that the line is somewhere, just follow yeah. me on this, I guess, sure. where the line is somewhat where you are actually lying. Like your title and your thumbnail and everything has absolutely nothing to do with it. So, for example, okay. I see clickbait a lot of the time with travel vlogs, for example, and it's really has a lot to do with usually like girl's you know, parts that are showing. <laughs> and okay. it's like, where did this come from? This has absolutely nothing to do with what you're talking about, like talking about Bali and what you're, what you're doing and eating for breakfast, mm-hmm. you know? And so I think that honesty is an important aspect. I really do believe when, if for the long-term game, if you really want to be in this, you do have to be honest. Now, people can get rewarded for that clickbait. But I think over time, like I said, long-term, that's pretty, that's kind of a, a risky Business that you're you're participating in now. When it comes to sensationalization, when you're really trying to capture someone's attention, like what is what is going to actually entice them beyond just the title? Is it the thumbnail? Is it the way that the person looks? Like what is included in that? That to me is really. It comes down to you looking at your own data, looking at your own demographics, and then to me at least, you have to be proud of what you're putting out there. I mean, if you're putting stuff out there and you know. That you're over sensationalizing it and you know that it's actually being, you're misleading people okay, in a way that you're not okay with. And why would you do that? All right? right so but I, some people are okay with that. Some okay. people actually really take advantage of the system.
0: Exactly. So I, I'm going to bring it back because I'm trying to make sense of this, where this line is located. When we're saying, rather than it was a beautiful sunny day in Florida, we're saying this was the most beautiful day in my whole entire life. I mean, talk about deception, is that something that's true? Or is it is it that really someone could be like, Oh my gosh, this was the most beautiful day of their whole entire life. I gotta click on this. Yeah. And I'm gonna click on it. And yeah, it's her opinion or his opinion who said who made that statement. Yeah. So it could be perceived in their own viewpoint that, you know what, that was the most beautiful twenty four hours of my whole entire life. But at the same time, like, come. That sounds to me as if you're just, you just said that literally to get me to click on it. So is that allowed or is that doing too much? Because everyone's open to their own opinion. Sure. So we can't be judging them. It's not like they're lying. Like everyone agrees this was the most monumental moment of, of the life in Florida. Yeah. It's their own opinion. So if it was their opinion that it was the best 24 hours of their life, can we be mad at them? no you, no well, I, okay I, that's interesting to me
1: that is a more positive example i maybe another example that would be more illustrative of what we're trying to trying to figure out here is if it if you said this is the worst day of my life you wouldn't believe what happened and if it was just that it rained while you're on the beach like why did you just say that mm-hmm. because there is something within us psychologically and this is very well researched especially and it's definitely getting a lot of attention in research right now in terms of clickbait online and what what makes people actually like i said i think the word is compelled feel compelled to actually click and engage with that piece of content okay it has a lot to do with pulling at these negative feelings right and the negative feelings or it's either Hmm. negative feelings or it has to do with things that people wish they have and i think that kind of ties with envy right so it's either negative or it's like you wouldn't like i just made five million dollars blah 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 wait what are you talking about over five years you know like i think that there's there's a lot of ways that people can use what we all kind of feel into intuitively understand that we want to work a little bit more curious about when it comes to more negative things
0: okay so just to confirm It doesn't matter so much of the degree of deception as it matters if the focus is on something positive versus negative?
1: No, I think that the degree of deception is actually number one. But I think that when you're... But it's
0: your truth or someone else's truth?
1: Yeah, I guess it could be relative, right? But I I really do think right now on the internet, if you want to really get people's attention and for that to last long, if you're saying this is the worst thing that's ever happened the standard on the internet is pretty high. Like it better be really, really bad, yeah. you know? Um, or really, really good. And and that's kind of, that's indicative I think in and of itself of how extreme we are and how extreme the algorithm kind of feeds into itself too. It, it feeds into itself the extremes because on either end of the spectrum, whether it's the most amazing thing that's ever happened or it's the absolute worst thing, or it's something that no one could ever imagine achieving themselves. And so there's like jealousy or envy emotions that are conjured up. Um, those are those are different extremes that people can take and use in terms of how they actually publish their content. And I do think that at the end of the day, it has a lot to do with how good is your content.
0: Yeah. This is interesting because, like, here, I want to be straight honest with our wonderful friends. I will say confidently that there has been no podcast title that I feel we've ever made clickbait never like click on this not with our podcast with our time with life out of the box there's moments where I definitely feel like we were learning I don't even know if the term clickbait was a real word when we were starting to like figure out how to what was most effective in getting people to click on our link yeah and then read our blog post and I mean we weren't lying when we talked about your Moments of having uh, dengue which was absolutely petrifying. Yeah, but at the same time it was written in a format where it was like It was like RL Stein like got to keep reading what's gonna happen next and then you end it with one of those chapters where it's like Oh, dude, I can't wait to click on tomorrow's uh, blog post to see the update and so I I admit that we did participate in it, but I learned from it a lot and now that I've seen it from, like, being a participant in creating it, and now that I'm often finding videos that are using that same technique, I mean, we're talking almost, like, 10 years later, mm-hmm. I'm starting to get a little bit frustrated with it. Yeah. And I'm seeing this transition. And I do think you're on to something also with, like, the positive versus the negative idea of it. Like, and this happens in the real world, too, but it's not called clickbait. I don't know what it's called. Maybe, I don't know. I don't want to call it false advertising because it may not be that. For example, in Stillwater, Oklahoma, we there's a really famous restaurant called Eskimo Joe's, and he opened another branch called Mexico Joe's. Mm-hmm. And he advertises all the time in any newspaper, on TV, everything, the world's best salsa. And I, <laughs> I have had that salsa many times, and there is no question in my mind he knows that is not the world's best salsa yeah. out of the Stillwater, Oklahoma. You're going to tell me this is the world's best salsa, that's but he's allowed to. There's nothing holding him back from doing so. And it's fully legal. And when you're reading it, I don't know, for me, it makes me laugh. But are people like, dude, this is the world's best salsa. we got to go check <laughs> this out, man. I know. And so like it, it, that's like physical world clickbait, in my opinion. But it is positive. It's all positive. And should he be i it it always bothered me because i did feel there's a little bit of deception there but maybe it shouldn't and that's just my problem
1: yeah i think it was funny after a while you and i would just kind of laugh at it every time we saw it because we were like come on it was so bad we (laughs) ate there once
0: not trying to put the restaurant down. no it's a great restaurant but it ain't the world's salsa, dude. No. Like, That's great though.
1: It reminds me of that scene in Elf when he goes into the coffee shop and he <laughs> says, congratulations, you did it! You made, you made the, the world's, world's p- best cup of coffee! Yeah. And they're like, what are you talking about? No one takes that seriously, but I mean... What was it,
0: his mug or something said the world's so, best coffee? It was, it
1: was either coffee or pizza or something like yeah, that yeah. in New York, but anyways, I, I think going back to what you were saying, even with our blog, you know, when, when I did get dengue and that was a really scary thing, I think that... I don't think that was clickbait. That was real. <laughs> like if it did you, happen. It, it did actually happen. And we did title it in a way that was enticing, right? I don't know if it was yeah. over sensationalized, but it was definitely not misleading. This is definitely what happened. But True story. we ex- we'd extended the story over, I think, like three or four different blog posts. So what we did was at the end, there's a cliffhanger. And I think a cliffhanger is very different from clickbait because cliffhanger means, yeah, come back next time. Oh, man, it's over. I need, I want to see what's, that's Mm. what TV shows do all the time. I mean, otherwise, why would you watch the next episode? You got to have some Some, continuity with it, right, that you want to go and see. But with clickbait, I do think this is where we are really kind of, the line is blurred in terms of, how deceptive are people willing to accept content to be right and and Mm. when you expect it to be one thing and it's completely the opposite that to me is not a very good long-term strategy for success you might get good short-term return but i don't think that long-term it will go on very much longer unless people are really and this is where it gets kind of kind of tricky where we were at south by southwest i think it was in 2018 or 2019 or it yeah. was the first one, I think the it was 20, 2017, actually. And they had um, a whole panel where these individuals, there was two guys who actually created websites. I think it was during the presidential election. With it was the-
0: just after the 2016 election. Yes. So they were doing analysis on how there were, this is when Facebook was getting a lot of heat yeah. because people were clicking on news articles thinking that they're from an, a, a fully uh, checked out, validated yeah. source and they were like just making up names like the Denver's New Post newspaper. Yeah, You know, like brand new companies with a website, everything, so it looks legitimate. But after deeper inspection, it's just a guy sweating in his little studio apartment getting paid, you know, four grand because he makes a fake article so many people are clicking on it yeah you know? and that's
1: where like he was he was able he was explaining yeah I mean, he got in a lot of trouble but he was good for him for being on this panel with google and explaining this is exactly what i did i got the most clickbaity title i could ever think of i got a photo i usually photoshopped it with something that was fearful usually yeah, it was
0: always yeah fear was a big was thing fear driven like, like your kids aren't safe yeah because the marijuana is in the water. Yeah. Something like, like that. Click
1: here to learn more. And then they did. And it was a completely false article. And he said that. He said everything in that article. Maybe there was like a couple of truths in there. Like or a couple of facts. But everything around it was completely fabricated. And he said it worked. He said, "What? Right. why am I here? Well, because Google wants to learn how I did it. Like mm. I, there was obviously a, a loophole in the system that I was able to really utilize to my own advantage and make a yeah. lot of money on and if they're the be all and end all where people are actually searching for truth or knowledge or at least just like a fact check story or facebook was the worst mm. i mean that was another one they kept on bringing that up it was like facebook was like on fire they it was so easy to do it was like spread like fire so easily based on the algorithm and based on how much data you were able to actually understand well, about well, on there too to,
0: to me what you're alluding to is ethics it's starting yeah. to get into the level of, maybe maybe the line of deception is where is it ethically right and ethically wrong? Yeah. And I've taken an ethics course. It was not an easy course. And there's a lot that's, it, I think it wasn't easy because it's not black and white. Right. It's not like math. Two plus two equals four. We know this, even though, yes, one could argue so many other things with it. <laughs> but let's just keep things super raw and simple. In, in science and in life, like hard science, so it's always so much more solidified with this is the answer to this mm-hmm. but ethics it gets blurry in this fog of well what if they were doing this because they needed it and their kid you know like you can you can almost make a right argument for to a certain degree for many actions that occur in the workplace yeah and I'm wondering if it when it comes to these types of uh, forms of deception how much of it is thought of as what are the post effects of this that mm. could be negative beyond just getting a view mm. you know so look like, for example this is like so we did the salsa one we do clickbait on youtube okay what's the effects of of someone you know falling for that trap oh you go to the restaurant you try the salsa you don't like it Worst comes to worse you're like okay this is definitely not the world's best salsa <laughs> if you if we're talking about like youtube you click on it okay Whatever, I was I was tricked. Who cares? It actually has zero effect, you know? Besides, the guy's going to get some cash if he had an advertisement in there. Now, you get to the third layer of the fake news article. Well, that could spread like wildfire, and that actually could have a negative effect on, in, in the example I gave, like how people raise their children or what people do to to like try to protect themselves or protect others that they love. Yeah. And that's where it gets like to me that's a solidified okay. That's bad clickbait. Yeah. But it's so difficult that little middle range of where is it okay? When is it not okay? And I think I'm I'm just curious like like this is our raw discussion. Do I just have a problem with this? Is it just me? No. Because I am wondering am I too uh, I don't know tr- focused on you got to be honest. You got to be authentic. I mean, you listen to our podcast from beginning to end. One reason we chose podcasting was because we felt that it was a form in which we could be our most honest, true selves yeah. and not do the editing in ways that are, are tricking people in the click on this, etc. Is that just my problem? Like, I'm trying to figure no, that out. No, I, I don't.
1: Yeah, no, it's a good question. I don't think that it is just your problem. I think that we are evolving the social media and the internet is a a social experiment right now. And we are learning Mm. the pros and the cons of things that happen, the unintended consequences that have happened, the things that people are doing to take advantage of the system and the algorithms and the companies are trying to keep up, but it's really, really hard because there's just so many people out there. But I think that when it comes down to it, we are in an evolution cycle and you see this with the younger generation, actually the generation who has actually Grown up with cell phones grown up with the internet and doesn't know what the world is like without it mm-hmm. That they've been raised on this stuff in a way that they're seeking for More authenticity, right? If, if mm-hmm. that's the primary way that people that they have been interfacing and engaging with other humans Then what they're seeking for just I think as we all kind of are to a certain extent and that's where it gets like super existential but we are we are seeking genuine connection And that genuine connection only comes from authenticity, right? And now Mm -hmm. there's an entertainment factor to some things, also, right? But I think at the end of the day, you we really we really do want we don't want to be tricked, we don't want to be swindled. And to me, the worst part of it, and I think that you bringing up ethics is so so good because it is an ethical dilemma to me. And there a certain
0: point gets there.
1: Well, it definitely gets there, especially when it comes to how the algorithms are targeting kids. Especially when it comes to the algorithms that are targeting certain minorities, or I mean, like there there was a whole campaign about anti vaccines, like not even like way before the pandemic that went viral, and it had, and they were able to trace it back to all these these articles of misinformation that were basically linked from facebook with these crazy titles of like and they were just really focused on fear that fear factor we'll we'll
0: give facebook a little props though because they have been very good about getting rid of it since 2016 well
1: well, this is like this is an unintended consequence i'm not blaming that clickbait is not an invention of facebook by any means but it was just a platform that people were able to take advantage of um and facebook responded i think in the best way that anyone any platform could i mean it's yeah. massive twitter did the
0: same yeah yeah they
1: all are very much more aware of it it's just an un- unintended consequence of using an algorithm that rewards certain variables right and so to me clickbait is something we're going to have to get through i don't know if it's ever going to go away but i think that there's there is a difference between clickbait and actually making sure that your content is titled and designed in a way that is relevant to your people
0: mm-hmm. and there's
1: a better way of of titling it or showing it off and getting the attention of someone, and I just would say, my, I mean, the hope for I think both of us is that as you create, it's okay to really ensure you're doing what you can to market yourself and your content the best. But once people click in, don't try to deceive them. Yeah, maybe
0: maybe think the long term game. Yeah, you know, rather than think about the benefit of the quick click. Yeah, the quick click. The I quick like click. Yes, and I don't think clickbait's going to go away no. at all. It's going to evolve and change. That will be interesting. Will but be. hopefully it will change for the
1: better. I hope so.
0: So I appreciate you having this conversation. I'm still trying to figure a lot out. Me I could, too. I could talk about this for a lifetime. But for our friends, we will not. And we will talk to them tomorrow about something different.
1: Looking forward to talking with you then. Bye. Bye.